Is it? Could it be Monday already? I think it's Monday. Hi, Mary. Hi, Mike. It's Monday. Mondays with Mike, Mike and Mary. Mary. Hi, yeah. everyone. Thanks for the listening to the podcast and welcome. This is our chance to reflect back on the past week's coaching calls. Pick out some highlights, share them with you. And we share and ask and ask the experts question and answers and advice. And we share paraded techniques. Every week. So you're up. I get to start. Yeah. yeah. Parade of techniques. So this one isn't something that I heard on an R-squared call, but one that our trainers did. And so I wanted to share it with everyone else. It's a great little parade of techniques. One of our trainers, Shannon Taylor, challenged her class to wear their name badge for a week. And last week, she came back to class to say, how did it, what happened? How did it go? When you say wear your name badge, does that mean 24-7? Yeah, like on your pajamas. <laughs> like no matter where you go, no matter what you are doing, wear it to church. I don't know. Wear it continuously every single place. For like place. a whole solid week. Yes. Okay. Like at home in your kitchen, wear your name badge everywhere you go. So they did that, and she had a student who said, I didn't want to wear this, can I say damn, I didn't want to wear this damn name badge. I've never, in 17 years of real estate, I've never worn this damn name badge. And so she had incredible results. Small town, she feels like, hey, everybody knows I'm in real estate. Why do I have to wear my name badge? But what it did is it provoked questions and conversations. And everywhere she went, people talked to her about real estate. So she came to the session going, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this worked. And then <laughs> Shannon told her, our squared group, you do it. So I would challenge all of you out there on SoundCloud, iTunes, however you're listening to Mondays with Mike and Mary, wear your name badge for one week, put it on your jammas, and let's see what happens one week from now. We'd love to hear from you, Mike at FloydWickman.com, Mary at FloydWickman.com. Let us know your results. Wow. Those name badges, they're awfully expensive though, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, I think they're like $7 or something, right? Wow, what a great inexpensive way to start conversations. Yeah, let's build some listing inventory and how do you do that? You talk to everyone. Let them start the conversation. You've got a name badge on. Speaking of building inventory, yes. that's that. this popped up on my Parade of Techniques three separate times. Whoa. Uh, and, you know, there's basically three ways that you can build listing inventory. Okay, now you got me curious because I would have said there were more than three. Yeah, well, one is you could buy the inventory. Oh. And you know how you do that. You pay thousands and thousands of dollars a month for leads and hope they turn into something. Yeah. Or you can talk to people you know and talk to people you don't know. Oh, Where are the name to talk to people. Yeah, you mean, I really? Know. Okay. But the third way, <laughs> yes. there's lead services out there that don't charge you a subscription or a, a fee up front, but they do charge a referral fee at closing. We have talked about this multiple times. I know, and I, I got a new one this week oh. to add to our already growing list. You've heard of Homelight, and that seems to be working for a bunch of different people. Oh, yeah, with listing leads, too. As is Fast Expert and Agent Machine and Referral Exchange and Veterans United Realty. But the one I heard about this week uh, came from a broker who's in R-squared, 
and the broker needs to sign up for this and all their agents can get leads and it's called op city op like other people city c-i-t-y so check it out it's another way to get listing leads right now well let's add as long as we're making a list listing booster Listing booster. Yeah, I like because it. that's the mortgage one that we talked about about three weeks ago on right. the podcast, where your mortgage broker signs up for it, and then you get the leads. So let's make a good, complete list. Yes, do all of that. Now, do you have an Ask the Experts? I do. Oh, good. I can't wait to hear it. Maybe I should go last, because it's kind of, I'm, okay, I'll go next. So, so we have a student who has a pending transaction. It's her listing. A young couple bought a condo built in 93 and and the buyer is the co-op and after the home inspection the buyer came to the seller the seller's agent and said we want a new furnace now the question after was, the deal was negotiated well yeah oh now yeah. they want a furnace now they want a furnace because surprise it's the original furnace and what if it goes out and it's fine now but it was put in in 1993 so the question brought to the board of directors right because that's what we do we bring our questions our concerns our problems to the other seven agents and your floyd wickman trained coach and the question was what do i advise my sellers to do i mean they don't have enough money to buy a whole new furnace we're we're having some guy who does hvac out of his basement come and look at it today <laughs> um and give us a bid on putting a new furnace in but gee what do we do and so you know not seven other people said well you know see what the bid is and see if you can work it out and all of that but i'm telling you what I, that gets me mad so by the time it was my turn to talk, I was pretty mad. Like, I'm sick of these buyers who think they're buying a brand new house. You stood in that house for how long before you made an offer? And you didn't notice that the furnace was original? <laughs> that, that's on you, man. And you're buying a house built in 93. What do you think? Oh, and by the way, the listing agent said, we took the original furnace into account when we priced this house, and we priced it $8,000 less than if we had had a new furnace, what was going on in the market. In fact, they took an offer for about $9,000 less what's going on in the marketplace. So here's... So they already paid the buyer for the furnace. Here's what I said, and, and I hope you'll forgive me for being emphatic, but would you please stand up and defend your seller's equity? Would you please stand up to these buyers? And if we lose them, so what? Let's go find a buyer who will pay what this seller needs us to pay for that property. I think that's our job. I, I don't know. I just, I feel really strongly. Can you tell by my voice that this is what we earn our commission for? And the buyer that wants to come in and take advantage, listen, I think it has absolutely nothing to do with, oh, my poor seller can't afford to pay it. Because if your poor seller could afford to pay it, let's say your seller had 100% equity. Well, then I still don't think they should be buying a new furnace. They sh you need to get in there and defend that seller's equity. And by the way, I had a second thought, too. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> You're being very patient with me. Okay. Instead of just putting a home warranty on the property for one year, when you know you've got aging appliances, aging systems, what if you offered to put a two-year 
or three-year home warranty on there because you know you can. Um, so anyway, stand up, folks. Defend our seller's equity. When you've priced that property correctly for a dated system, stand up and defend your seller's equity. What does Floyd teach us about protecting our commission? Sellers don't list with wimps, right? And if I'm so weak, I can't even protect my own income, how strong could I be to help you protect your price? Well, if you're going to use that technique to protect your own commission, stand up for your sellers. I like the way you say that, you know. That is our job. That is agency. That is representation. Let's protect their equity for them. And that's how we are going to stay in the center of a transaction. Yeah. Because Zillow will not stand up and defend a seller's equity. No, they will not. We will. Yep. And we know who our client relationship is with. I really believe it'd be okay to say to the seller, if we lose this buyer, we'll find another one. Yeah. Well, mine is kind of related to that, but it's it's much different. You know, frequently we find ourselves in the position of having to recommend a contractor to a seller for repairs. Maybe it is a furnace. Uh, and I had a question yet uh, on Friday about the contractors I'm recommending are dropping the ball. Oh, no. They're disappearing. They're not returning my calls. They're doing half a job. And I end up having to clean up the mess and get egg on my face and look bad in front of the sellers. Oh boy. So how do I vet contractors? How do I find ones who are reliable? That's a really great question. Yeah. So, you know, the first thing I heard was, well, when you, when you get a contractor who's good, they frequently get too busy because they're so good. Yeah. You know, they're rare, the ones who are really good and reliable. So And available. Uh-huh. Available means you're not busy sometimes. And you just got some recommendation about carpeting that yes. I thought was really interesting. You know, that the, the the carpet you buy is not as important as the pad and the installer. That and, a great installer is worth their weight in gold. And therefore, to find a great installer, go to the busiest carpet house that there is yeah. in your community because the best installers work for the busiest. And... So the rest of the advice was, well, double-check Angie's list and things like that. Go to their website. Look for testimonials. Never pay up front. In fact, you might even want to buy the materials yourself and charge back to the contractor. Um, recommend three instead of one. And let the clients choose. And teach your clients how to find their own contractors. I thought that was all great advice. You know, but whatever you do, you decide on what your standards are going to be. You know, and one of them needs to be communication. If you get uh, anybody involved in a transaction who won't communicate with you, won't respond, and you've already asked them, what's your preferred method of communicating? What can I count on you for in terms of communicating back and forth and they don't then you got to drop them like a hot rock and let your client know why that's great advice yeah so i hope you enjoyed episode 54 i've calmed down now by the way <laughs> <laughs> go enjoy your week and thanks for listening to the podcast hope you share them with your friends have a great week 